On this episode of Chamber Chat, we are joined by Drew Camp, President and CEO of the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. Drew, thanks for your time. Todd, thanks for having me. It's always nice talking with you and getting to speak to our members in this regard. We want to visit today about the new legislative session that's coming up at the State House in Des Moines. Uh, beginning on January 10th, uh, what types of things are you expecting to see? Yeah, we're really excited. This is really kind of a bread and butter in a lot of different ways for chambers and others that are really strong in their advocacy apparatus, which we are. Um, so we're really excited to have the session kick off on January 10th um, and really kind of see what the governor comes up with within lies out, lays out for her priorities in the condition of the state speech on January 11th. Um, for those of you who don't know, she goes off of the December revenue estimating conference numbers and creates a budget that she then presents to the legislature following her condition of the state address, which this year is on Tuesday, January 11th. We have a good idea of what some of her priorities are going to be. I'll touch on those in a little bit, but we just really look forward to seeing where the money is too, because obviously most people will say, show me your budget, I'll show you your priorities. And that's the case here too. We want to see not only where there's lip service being provided, but also where the dollars are being um, allocated to as well. And that's super important, especially as you look at very strong uh, financials in the coffers of the state, uh, some of which have been returned in some investments in broadband and housing and nursing assistance and things along, things along those lines with some CARES Act and ARPA funds. But we also just have an overall really strong taxpayer relief fund and things along those lines. So we really look forward to seeing where the priorities are, are, present, are given uh, from the governor in her Tuesday speech. Is there anything specifically that you are looking for inside of that that would be part of the budget that you would like to see get funds into this area? Yeah, so there's a few things. So just kind of as far as what the top level priorities categorically are that we're really looking at, a talent workforce is number one. We want to continue to see investment in that. I'll touch on again some more specifics within that, that silo in a little bit but also economic development. That's something obviously as a chamber and a group that works very closely with Advanced Southwest Iowa is our economic development organization for here in Council Bluffs in Southwest Iowa. We wanna make sure that those tools and resources are being provided to provide adequate and uh, exemplary service in those regards, but also business climate. That's really where we see the tax climate and tax policy being put in as well. And then infrastructure, we've seen a lot of money uh, both at the federal and state level, put into infrastructure in a variety of different ways. But those are really the four key priority areas as far as topically that we're going to be looking at. But as far as kind of some of the top level pieces we hope to hear in the governor's speech, as I mentioned, as far as talent goes, we just want to continue to see uh, strong support for not only Future Ready Iowa, but also different pieces as far as you know, continued support for broadband to make sure that we can connect places from throughout the throughout the state to make sure that they have the resources they need. Childcare is another really big piece there as well. But then also, it's going to be interesting to see if it's in her speech or not. But also, just what is education funding going to be? Um, that's something that's a really big uh, topic. That's something that always is supposed to be done in the first month of the session. That has a big tie-in, obviously, to talent as well. Also, it provides certainty to our school districts throughout the state. That's something we'll be watching. But talent is really, really going to be the top priority that we're looking at. But as for anyone who has paid attention to stuff leading into the session, as far as what kind of some of the topics that are being brought up a lot are uh, tax relief is a really big one. And we know the governor is going to address that. She already has on some level, but we really look forward to seeing what she has to say about that in her condition of the state speech. The best part for us locally is the fact that our local senator, Senator Dan Dawson, he'll be quarterbacking all of those efforts. Any tax efforts going through the legislature this year will start 
and his committee that he chairs the Senate Ways and Means Committee. So we really look forward to having conversations with him on the personal and corporate income tax side, also where the tax credits fit in in those conversations. Plus, they want to look at doing some stuff with sales tax as well and uh, hopefully getting those funding and that uh, allocation and appropriation to the IWIL, which is that three-eighths of a cent to, to the Natural Resource and Outdoor Recreation Trust Fund. They want to get that done without raising the sales tax as a border community. That's something that's very important to us and also Senator Dawson as well. So that's something we're really going to watch closely is what tax conversations does she have? And as I mentioned with that natural resource and outdoor recreation trust fund, placemaking is a really big piece as well. We really want to see what amenity investments and community amenities they're going to make. And really, if you're not familiar with the term placemaking means is it's really just investment and amenities that make people want to live and work in your area. That's the most basic definition I can really provide for it. So we've seen it in a lot of communities like Omaha and Des Moines. We've done some things obviously here in Council Bluffs as well. But you know, those areas that people are flocking to, the Denvers of the world, they're doing lots of really cool stuff with placemaking. So that's something we need to make sure we're looking at what we can do with that as well. But with regards to the economic development piece as well, we want to see if at all she mentioned specific pieces that uh, Director Durham with Iowa Economic Development Authority will have presented to her. Those are things we're always watching very closely with the regards to the tax credits, but also with things like tax increment financing and other local economic development tools that are so important. And then finishing up, just really looking at infrastructure. We've seen a lot of investment at the federal level coming in, you know, rounds about $5 billion to the state of Iowa uh, from the infrastructure bill. But the governor herself has also allocated an additional funding from ARPA and CARES for $200 million for broadband expansion, for example. That's critically important to a lot of different sectors throughout the state, especially as we implement manufacturing 4.0. But then also water and wastewater, that's a really big thing. Uh, that's what not only in the federal funding, we did some pieces with that a couple of years ago in the state legislature as well. Uh, being a river community, not only is water, wastewater, infrastructure, and stormwater really important, but also flooding mitigation, things along those lines. The federal infrastructure bill had a lot of resources for that. What can we do to leverage additional resources at the state level to pair with those as well? Those are really some of the big things that we want to make sure we're watching and we're going to advocate for. And we do have some local issues as well that we'll be watching very closely, especially that are especially applicable, being that we're a border community. When you talk about uh, talent workforce and economic development, from a layman's point of view, those two really work in tandem. That without uh, taking care of the workforce, it's very, very difficult to have economic development because we need folks that can get back to work. Most definitely. So there's a variety of reasons of why companies are having challenges hiring. I mean, if anyone knew what those all were and how to handle them and that there was a silver bullet, they would be very rich people. Uh, but that's something that we deal with each and every day here at the chamber with our workforce development program. And we partner with organizations, public, private, and nonprofit to try to address that every day. Uh, but that's something we just know that the state needs to continue to provide investment. We do know some things that are working locally. So a lot of the times, you know, we can just as the state can be kind of a, a boiling uh, a pot for the federal government, we can very well be for the state government as well. What's working locally and how can we make that a statewide issue in an initiative? So those are things that we want to make sure that we're pushing out there. It's so important, though, like I said, to be partnering with those public, private, and nonprofit entities. Your educational entity is super important, obviously, in helping develop those talent, uh, that talent apparatus, too. So that's really going to be a big piece. But to the ends you mentioned with tying it into economic development, it, that has to be recognized as well. They're inherently linked just because people want to, frankly, live in cool places. They want to work in cool places. They want to live in cool places. So what are we doing 
once again, in the most simple way possible to make where we're at cool and attractive to folks that are really looking in a regional and sometimes national uh, perspective and lens uh, for where they want to live and work. Do you find that with your position here in Council Bluffs and in the, in the area around Council Bluffs, if you see a success that's happening in, say, Sioux City or Dubuque or Cedar Rapids, is that something that can translate directly to the Council Bluffs area or are we really more separate than that? It kind of depends. You know, we have the benefit of we're the biggest MSA in the state. Uh, I think people forget that. Um, the fact that we are linked with the Greater Omaha Council Bluffs MSA, we are bigger than Des Moines. Um, and that's something I think we need to like kind of shout a little bit more that we are the biggest MSA in the state of Iowa. I think most people, if you ask them that, they would not say that. Um, so that's something I think we need to make people aware of. But yes, you very much can a lot of the times look at, especially like you mentioned, Sioux City, Sioux City, Dubuque. Um, those are really um, aims in a lot of ways, even though they're, a tier, you know, tier one research institution. But as far as community size and such and being the county seat, there's a lot of those communities that they are very much comparable to our community uh, here in Council Bluffs and, and in Pottawatomie County in Southwest Iowa. So yes, you can look at some of those things that they're doing and try to kind of duplicate those. One thing I will say though, is you can't always necessarily um, see that come to fruition because for example, the state made it uh, you know, $100 million twice now over the last five years, six years available in Iowa reinvestment funds. Those are things some of those communities received for some major placemaking projects. We did not receive those. So if you look at some of those pieces, you might be like, oh, why, you know, why aren't we going to do that? And it's like, well, we could, it would just be a little bit different because those resources would not be available that those entities had. So it's really important to focus, to note that as well, that some of those communities did, were able to leverage some additional resources that we otherwise would not in some of those instances. But there are other pieces that we would be able to, like, for example, if it's state and federal historic uh, tax credits, those are things are, that we can most definitely look at or any other tax credit that's available at the state with IADA or another organization or at the federal government. It's just really coordination. And that's something here at the Council Bluffs Chamber we're really trying to do a lot of is working with our, again, public, private, and nonprofit partners to try to bring those folks together to have those conversations on those projects that, that we need to be doing to move the community forward. As you take a look or, or as you're listening to the governor's speech on January 11th, is there any specific area? You talked about a lot of different things as far as economic development and a lot of legs underneath the stool to hold everything up. Is there anything critical in the Council Bluffs area right now? Because we are seeing a lot of progress. I mean, Broadway's done now all the way through. We're seeing streets replaced uh, in closer to the downtown area up in the hills. Uh, there's things going on, but is there anything that really needs to be addressed quicker? Well, I really think part of it is going to be that tax conversation because I can't re uh, emphasize enough how important it is to have Senator Dawson sitting in the chair he's sitting in. He's, like I said, he is going to be the impetus for moving tax reform through the legislature this year. And that, once again, I have to emphasize how important that is. And for him to be our representative uh, makes is very advantageous to us simply because he is going to take the interests and the concerns that we have, especially being a border community to not make us less competitive with Omaha and take into account some of those competitive advantages we already have. That's super important. I have those conversations with him and, and Brent and others as well on the house side a lot because now Brent's on the house ways means committee as well. But those are things that they're very important to continue to have those conversations. But when I listen to her, her speech, uh, on the 11th, I'm really going to be interested to see what specificity she provides about some of the tax reform. I, I've had conversations with Senator Dawson. Obviously, the alignment between the governor's office and the Senate Ways and Means is going to be important because if you have two legs of the stool there, obviously that's going to make it 
uh, pretty prime for moving through the legislature, hopefully, uh, you would think and hope like we saw at the end of last session. But those are going to be the biggest pieces is really kind of talking about that sales tax reform that's being looked at to put in money into the Iowa water and land legacy that can then be tied back into placemaking, recreation parks, things like that, water quality as well. But then also that personal and individual income tax reform that's really important to a lot of our members uh, to really kind of try to decrease the tax burden. We've been noted by the tax foundation for some years now to be in the, towards the bottom of the bottom quartile um, of uh, tax policy as far as business climate goes. Uh, in the country, like we're usually ranked about 46th. So that's not where you want to be. You want to be up a lot higher than that to make us a little more competitive for some of those economic development projects I talked about earlier. How important is it to, you talked about working together with Omaha, which makes us the, uh, the largest area. Uh, how important is it to make sure that our focus stays on this side of the river? It depends on the issue. So tax policy is very, very much important because obviously if we have a more competitive tax structure, or we have you know a better tax increment financing structure uh, in place here in Iowa than they do across the river, that's an ad- advantage to us. The same with property tax. Um, I'm not saying we're going to talk about property tax this legislative session, but I'm just saying that can make a huge difference obviously as well when you're looking at major projects. But on a different issue, for example, though, there's different issues like port authorities, which we've had conversations with David Brown and his team across the river um, to really see the fact that, look, if we're on the same page on this, uh, it makes a heck of a lot of sense, because especially when you look at the 100, 500 plus million dollars being invested on the riverfront, there's some creative things we can do with the placemaking bill, excuse me, the port authority bill uh, that's running through the state legislature right now. It's currently sitting in the House Ways and Means to really allow us some flexibility and provide some liability protections for both Omaha and Council Bluffs if it's done the right way. The one thing that needs to be done is if we pass this bill, the bill we have in Iowa is much more advantageous and uh, flexible than what they passed last session in the Nebraska unicameral. So we would need to be moving stuff on the Iowa side in coordination with Jen Krieger, who runs policy for the Omaha Chamber, and David and his team to make sure that, hey, if we're moving this over here, you guys need to be aware of what that language is so you can hopefully get that implemented in a similar fashion across the river so we can implement it to say run an overall uh, parks pro not necessarily parks program but an overall port authority so to speak we'll say for say for example for e-simplicity the riverfront projects where you have one entity uh, handling it on for on both sides of the river and as i said it takes away some liability from both organizations the city on both sides of the river as well those are things that we can work closely together on. But yes, things like tax climate and things like that, those are something we are very much competitive on. You are very in tune with what's going on uh, in Des Moines and, and, and with the legislature. Anyone listening to this is fully aware of just how divided things can get. And people can, or, or politicians, can start arguing about uh, different platforms that they may have that have nothing to do with what's directly in front of them. Do we have as big a problem in Iowa with cutting through that noise to actually get things done, or are we in the same boat as everybody else? We're in lesser in that boat than other people. Um, I have talked to some folks, I won't mention names and companies, but they work with large companies and they represent multiple states, upwards of 11 to 15 states. And they will tell you if you talk to them, Iowa is one of the most reasonable to work with within the legislature. Granted, you're going to have some cockamamie ideas that come up every now and then because any legislator can propose a bill to start the session and they do. Uh, But one thing that's important is 
it can tie into talent and workforce. That's the most important piece. And that's where the business community really comes in and kind of stomps out a lot of those bills. It's just say, guys, this isn't okay. Because as we look to compete with your Denver's and Colorado's and Chicago's and wherever um, you're looking at Minneapolis, Kansas city, wherever we're competing with worker for, uh, for workforce, you need to make sure we're as competitive as possible. And I've said this to multiple people before. I have a 24 year old brother and he keeps tabs on those things. It's not hard to find out which states are doing some things that a lot of these people and Gen Z and millennials consider to not be very attractive uh, if they're looking to be a potential workforce. So those are issues we try to make sure we educate the legislature on. We do deal with some of those sometimes, but the important thing to note is if you look back over last session, there was about 15, I believe, bills like that uh, that some groups that track that um, kind of noted, but none of them advanced to as far as like being considered by the governor and having to be vetoed or anything like that. So that is an important thing to notice. They did not move past a respective committee which in which they died uh, before the end of the session. So those are really the big things is we just have to make sure we're educating folks and making sure they understand what the impacts can be uh, based on those bills. And one of the easiest ways to do that, um, again, trying to simplify it as much as possible is just really looking at any bill that comes before them and saying like, how can this potentially impact our workforce? Are you expecting any actual results before we start nearing the end of the legislative session? How eager are they going to be to get things moving right away? Depends on the issue. Um, you know, school funding, obviously, that's a huge piece of the budget. They're supposed to have that done in the first month. We're hoping they will. That's something that they can get that done and then move on to some other issues. As far as the tax policy piece that I talked about goes, I mean, we saw last session that happened at the very end. Um, where they ultimately, Senator Dawson, working with the governor's office uh, in the House, they literally, waking hours after going into overtime, you know, that's when they iron those pieces out. So they're going to wait till the March revenue estimating conference numbers for that. That's when they know which the ones they have to go off of, because if those are more than the December, they have to go off the December numbers just to be more conservative uh, and kind of try to make sure that the state coffers remain as, um, as full as possible. But that's something you won't see till later in the session. But there are some bills that you really would hope to see move early on in the session. That Port Authority bill, for example, could be one that you could hopefully see move early. There's a medical malpractice bill sitting in the House, construction manager at risk. Those were things that were really hanging in the balance late last session. Uh, those are pieces that you can see pass really quickly. So it really just depends on a specific issue as far as what it is, because some of them are they're bound, like I said, the tax policy to, to go into the final set, final minutes of session. Before we let you go, Drew, as a personally as a member of the Chamber of Commerce, I pay attention to new business starts and uh, ribbon cuttings and things like that that are coming through. And even through this entire pandemic, we're still seeing business starts and we're seeing growth. Uh, what do you see from actually being inside of the office as to the state of where things are right now in the area? Well, as far as we can tell from our interactions with our members and the pipeline and the new members that we're having in the ribbon cuttings, like you talked about, it, it continues to be strong. We have not seen it slow down. We've seen it pick up even. And that's something we're very happy about, especially we know that trials and tribulations that a lot of small businesses and specific sectors as well, hospitality, restaurants, things like that, specifically went toward through throughout the, you know, the heaviest onset of the pandemic. And that's something we've been so happy to see that we've been, we've maintained our membership. We've grown our membership throughout that time. And part of that is the resources that we are providing and the team that we have here at the, the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. But it also speaks to how resilient this community is and also the great resources that we're being provided, not only from our organization, but a litany of other ones. We're so fortunate to have um, some of the resources that were provided from say the Iowa West Foundation, the Pottawatomie County Community Foundation, the city was providing a lot of resources, the county, a lot of, we were all teaming up 
uh, together within that business and workforce recovery task force. Those folks that were attending that, that goes back to your public, private, and nonprofit partners, Iowa Western Community College, the school districts, all of them were playing a critical role in that. Um, so that's something that's really about bringing everyone together to make sure that those resources and all the different talents that we can bring to the table are being provided so those who are having those trials and tribulations can hopefully get through them. He is Drew Camp, President and CEO of the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. The new legislative session coming up in Des Moines starting on January 10th. And the day right after that is when we will hear from the governor to find out uh, what her views are on just uh, the, how everything currently stands uh, in the state of Iowa. Drew, thank you for your time. Continued success to you, sir. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Yeah, thanks, Todd. I really appreciate it.